Father, thank you for your word today. Breathe upon us. Talk to us of all of the sources of strength we have and the resources that are available to us in times of need. Nothing comes close to the comfort we draw from your word, from your family, and from you. And I want you to help us to understand what's happening in our lives and be spiritually, emotionally, and physically equipped as we and our families face all of this to do so and come out on the other side, having been more blessed coming out of it than we were going into it. We ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. I need to say two things right at the beginning before I launch into unashamed, undaunted, and unstoppable. And again, I'll only speak for a few minutes. Two things I need to say is that notice in both the case of the wise man and the foolish man, the storms came. The storms came to wise and the foolish. Being either wise or foolish does not exempt you from storms. Being spiritual or not spiritual does not exempt you from storms. Being saved or not saved does not exempt you from storms. Being good or bad, storms will come. The scripture says it rains upon the just and the unjust. So I want you to say right now, storms come to everyone. Would you do that? And notice when God refers to Jacob or his people, he says, when, not if, but when you pass through the waters, he said, I will be with you. And when you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. Not if, but when. In both cases here, we're talking about a word from God that deals with the absolute certainty that in this broken world, we're going to face the consequences of life lived in a world that has fallen. We do not live in heaven. And I mention this today because I'm like you. The water came up toward our house. We got isolated in. We were on our little island there. And then it re retreated. But that's not the case with everybody in our church. And I am thrilled. I stood at the doors. I would go from one door to the other to the other, watching as our people came in so that I could see who was able to make it today. And just every one of you that I saw coming in, I was saying, thank God, thank God, thank God. But I know that some of our families were absolutely devastated. Dr. Oberkofi lost her whole clinic, house wiped out. The Howards, their house was affected. Uh, just, I could go on and on and on and on. Uh, pine trails, the front part of it, uh, okay. The back part of it, not okay. Uh, regions of right here in our area where people have been sleeping on the ground. Sleeping on the ground. We've got teams going out this afternoon delivering supplies to them because they can't get here. Same thing over in Tidwell, that whole region. I saw some of our people on national television being evacuated out of Tidwell, at the Tidwell area. Just unbelievable. And I want to tell you that the truth is, is that every one of us have been blessed. If we're alive, we've all been blessed. We've all been blessed. Somebody ought to give God some praise right now. Amen. Amen. I didn't need that ark after all. <laughs> Amen. And... I want to remind those of you that did suffer loss, or if you know people that suffer loss, you can tell them this. Just because they suffered loss does not mean God forgot them. We live in a broken world. 
We live in a fallen world. This is not the world God created originally. The economy is broke. Governments are broke. Society is broke. Families are broke. Everything in this fallen world is broken. And we're constantly trying to put band-aids on things that can't even hardly be repaired simply because of the fact the enemy deceived man and caused man in his state of happiness and perfection to experience loss. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I hear people referring to this as an act of God. And I, I want to say, please, if you, if you don't mind, I'm going to disagree with you in a kind way. Don't blame what happened on God. The world he created was not meant to be like this. And I even hear people say, how can you serve a God like that that would send somebody to this kind of a, 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 through this kind of a situation and make it happen? And I always say he didn't. He didn't. This is what the enemy caused to happen. People say, but how can you serve a God that will send somebody to hell? And I say, whoa, wait a minute. That's not what I read. I read he's got his own son on a cross in the middle of the road trying to stop people from going there. This isn't what he designed to have happen. Amen. He paid the greatest price anyone could pay. And so this is not an act of God. And I wish people, literally, I wish we could start a revolution and a movement where people would stop saying that. The second thing that I want to say is notice that the man that was wise, his house stood even though the storm came. The ha this house of Houston, Texas is going to stand. Our city is going to survive this. Amen. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And not only will our city survive, but you're going to survive as well because you, got, you serve a God that doesn't know how to quit. He doesn't know how to give up. This church is going to survive. The Christian community will survive. So be encouraged for some of you that I've cried during this week with a number of you, even this morning in the lobby, people weeping that lost so much. But I want you to know that the man that builds his house on the rock stands. And you as a child of God, you are going to get through it. Amen. That's the one thing that I've learned about God is until you go through a situation, there might not be the grace present at that moment to go through it. But when the situation shows up, guess what showed up just before the situation did? The commensurate grace to see you through what you needed to go through. You will never go through anything without God being there with you. And now to what I want to say in regard to our theme. First of all, I am unashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the response of our city to this. I have been in watching some other debacles in other parts of our nation, but Houston has done well. I'm not ashamed at the response of the Christian community and the people of this city. It's amazing to watch what's happened. I'm not ashamed of the church across the United States of America because I've been getting calls just this morning, a pastor that uh, is connected to me in relationship called. They're taking up an offering to send here to help uh, the, the people who survived and, and do things for people. We, we will do our best. We, we won't be able to do as much as we could as if we were the federal government with a printing press down in the basement. You know what I mean? So don't get mad at us when we do what we can. 
but and not are not able to do everything else we would like to do but but people are responding and i love that the compassion of believers and those at large has been nothing short of incredible and not just believers but people of every denomination every faith or non-faith every race ethnicity and i use that race that word race because i don't even think it ought to be used anymore because we are the human race and and, but I, I use that because I, I had to get my driver's license renewed and they asked me what race I was. <laughs> and I said, all of the above, amen. I wanted, because I'm a little bit of everything, amen. If you're a Cajun, you know what I'm talking about because that's where I'm from. But the bottom line is, Pastor Anthony Burge, our men's pastor, told me that he watched an African-American guy with his boat out picking up people, and he stopped and picked up an, an Anglo family, and the guy had something with a Confederate flag on it and realized how offensive that could be. And he started apologizing and apologizing. And you know what that brother in the boat did? He just simply said, man, don't worry about that. I'm not concerned about that. Get in this boat, and let's get out of here. And I love the fact that in the middle of all of this, God is healing division, healing division, uniting people. I'm proud of our city. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed as a church at the response of this congregation that have poured out their hearts in love or our staff who have worked day and night organizing this. And I could name one pastor, but then I'd have to name every single one of them. And they've been contacting people and bringing folk in and organizing relief efforts. And hundreds of our people have been ministering to the community. Secondly, I'm undaunted. The word undaunted means to be undeterred in purpose. And if there's one thing I've learned in life, to be successful in any endeavor, you've got to be undeterred in purpose. Because as soon as you set your mind to do something, opposition shows up from nowhere and everywhere. You didn't expect it. You couldn't see it coming. As long as you're not doing anything, you see, the enemy doesn't have any reason to even worry about you. But as soon as you set your mind to do something, everything in the world is going to start conspiring against you. Never interpret that as being that God is not in you doing what you felt led of God to do. The apostle Paul said, there is open to me a great and effective door and there are many adversaries. Big doors, big adversaries. Little doors, little adversaries. No doors, no adversaries. Between me and you, I'd rather face big adversaries and have big doors open to me. Amen. <laughs> David said, one thing if I desire to the Lord. Paul said, this one thing I do. The storm has not shaken us from our purpose. We set out this year to build our dream. I want you to know that just like this church property didn't get flooded, our new property didn't get flooded either. Isn't that amazing? So God has been to all of us so kind. All of us have been blessed. As to our vision, your vision for your family, remain undeterred. Your vision for your business, do not be shaken no matter what kind of adversity you've gone through. Amen. Your vision for your house, your community, whatever, don't let the enemy talk you into thinking things that are not rational like, I'm going to move to Oklahoma. You, you might get a tornado over there, you know, and... What I'm saying is we live in a broken world. Just remain resolute. 
unshaken, undeterred. Look at somebody and say, undeterred. Amen. Amen. Committed to purpose because I'm undaunted. It's going to take more than Hurricane Harvey to stop us. By the way, that was my dad's name, and I know he's looking down from heaven not knowing whether to be happy or sad because it was a storm and a magnificent one, but it caused so much destruction, and I know that would have broken his heart. I also want to encourage you to be unshakable. Years ago, we used to sing an old song in church. It went like this. Many of you have never heard it. I shall not be I shall not be moved. Come on, sing it if you know it. I shall not be, I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. We're not going to be shaken. Luke 6 and 48, speaking about that house built on the rock, said, when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it. Say it, could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. I'll tell you where I'm founded, ladies and gentlemen, and where I know where you are as well. I just saw our representative come in, Anna Hernandez. I just got through talking about you. Please stand up. And her assistant, Maria, please. Do you mind standing, Maria? Because is that Maria? Yeah. She likes to be in the background. This is an incredible lady. I voted for her. I'm going to tell you right up front. And she's doing such a great job. I want you to know that she has been absolutely amazing. Thank you for coming here today. Thank you for helping the people of this community. And so as I conclude, I want to say this, that one of my very favorite passages in the Bible is taken from the book of Micah. And like some of you, I've known adversity in the course of my life. I've known adversity. Some of you are facing it right now. I've been through, believe it or not, eight hurricanes. When you're raised in Louisiana, you get a high water mark after a while, you know? I was on an island in the Caribbean in a hurricane. Now, that was something to remember. I've also been in one typhoon. I was out in the Western Pacific on an island. They were about to evacuate us up into some caves the Japanese had dug in World War II where they had put their cannons. And it, it, was, it was scary, just like this one was. And I want to tell you that having been through eight hurricanes and one typhoon, guess what? I'm still here. God will see you through. Amen. Be unshakable. And one of those, the very first hurricane that I ever remember, Hurricane Audrey, we lost 34 members of our family in Cameron Parish in Louisiana. 34 members of our extended family. Yeah. This has been devastating here in this community. But I've been through enough of these things to know that whenever you put your faith in God, God will be with you. He will be there. He'll send resources that you had no idea were coming in. Amen. And going through natural storms, that's not the only kind of storms you face. You're going to face some other storms too in the course of life. And so if we get through cleaning up with this one, from this one right here, just remember this one principle as you go through storms. And that is, is that you can make it through more than you realize you can. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many things? That's right, all things. You see, it's not your strength you're drawing from. And they're concerned because across the nation it's affected the, the price of gasoline. The refineries have been affected. They have been shut down. But there's another source of energy that we draw from that didn't come out of the ground. It came from up there. And you know what? Storms don't shut that one down. Instead of shutting off the spigot, it opens the spigot up. Micah 7 and verse 8 I love this. I told you it's one of my favorite passages, and I've, I've stood on this through so many of the storms that I've faced in life. It goes like this. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Though I fall, or when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. You may be sitting in darkness, but guess what? You're going to suddenly sense light glowing all around you, and it's going to be the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I know. Situations like this, the enemy laughs and sits over in the corner, rubbing his hand, uh, hands, corner rubbing his hands together, chortling, saying, ha, 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 ha. He sounds like, like Snidely, whatever his name was, and, and Dudley Do-Right years ago. Y'all too old, young to remember that, I know, but He's laughing, his wicked and evil laugh, but I say, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Thou, mine enemy, I shall arise. I may be on my knees right now, but I'm getting back up on my feet. Somebody said, amen. And so I close by offering this word of encouragement. The oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. Many people think it's Genesis. It isn't. It's the book of Job. It was also written by Moses, in case you didn't know it. But strange that the very first book of the Bible, God's word that he gives us, is all about storms. It's a story of a man that went through some of the worst storms that a human being could go through. I would not want to face the storms Job encountered, losing all of his children, losing his health, losing his possessions, losing his marriage, all at the same time. And sitting there in agony and in misery, not knowing that what actually had occurred was there was a conversation in heaven where the devil had showed up and, and told God, God, the reason I, Job's doing so good and he's so, so happy is because you've got a hedge built around him. And he said, if you let that hedge get down, I'm going to show you what kind of guy this really is in his heart. And uh, Job did not know about that conversation. And we don't know what kind of conversations may have gone on in heaven either. And the enemy's saying, oh, just let, I, 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 let that, that heads down. I'll show you what's going on in the hearts of the people of Houston or Christian Tabernacle or that community. You know what he's found out? He laughed too soon. Amen. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Though I fall, I shall arise. And here's the good news is that God used the very, the very things that, that, the enemy meant to destroy Job, God used that as the means of his greatest blessing because God restored everything he lost. And not only that, gave him 100% increase on the top of that. I love the fact that God takes the worst things that happens 
in the course of our lives and turns it into a blessing because there's a divine principle that is employed. I know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purposes. God's going to work it to your good. Don't try to figure it out. If Job had tried to figure it out sitting there in that ash heap, he never would have been capable of understanding what he was facing. But at the end of the story, he can now look back retrospectively and say, I see the hand of God guiding me, protecting me, and walking with me, and assisting me in everything that I suffered and faced. God brought him through. And I promise you, beloved, he's going to bring you through as well in our community. And so I remind you of the sign-up tables in the lobby. One for people who have been affected. Please stop there. Let us know how we can serve you. And just let us know how you're doing, if everything's good. And then the other table for people to sign up that can go into homes. Men, we really need you. Guys, don't forget to go home, put on some work clothes. If you live nearby, come back if you're at all able to do that. Ladies, we're going to need you out here too to assist and serve the community. Now would you please stand with me? And draw near because there's a father in this house. I want to pray for you. You're my family. Would you come? And let's close this service at the altar together.